so many businesses that come to me for help. When we start to dive in and look at what's really going on, I learned that they actually don't truly know their customer. They haven't figured out their ICP, their ideal customer profile, and they don't understand how to work with them, how to target them, how to sell to them. Nicholas Lilia, he's he came in and I really like what he had to say because he talked about his own product, Unium, which is great. It does subscription management, billing, invoicing, that sort of stuff. You plug it right in. But it's also really interesting that he focused intently on making sure that their ICP was dialed in. And in fact, they have six different factors. And even if somebody is five out of six, they won't take them as a prospect because they know it's going to take longer to sell. It's going to take uh, more effort once they get started and they probably won't even like the product and they'll tell everybody it's terrible. That's not a good result. So he goes into detail about what they did to identify their ICP and how they made sure that they stuck to it. I think it's really important for you to see and he even has made drastic changes in his life to focus on this ICP, like moving from Sweden to US and not even just him, his entire family he moved from Sweden to the US. So really cool stuff here. I think you should take a look. ICP, get it. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit. Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. And welcome to Scale Your SaaS. Really glad to have you here. Thank you very much for coming. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. That way you're going to get all of the best tips tricks, formulas, and methods for scaling your SaaS. You're listening to experts who have done it before, so you can take it and apply the same thing yourself. And I am really, really looking forward to today. I've got Nicholas Lilly on the, on the line here. Nick, Nicholas, how are you doing? Great. Great to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. I was just, we were just talking pre-show and this guy's awesome. I really enjoy what he's got to say, and he's, he's just a good guy. I, I'm just really looking forward to today. So, Nicholas, let me make sure everybody knows who you are so we can get everything ready for today. So, Nicholas, he's the founder and CEO of Unium, and he has extensive experience from the IT and SaaS industries, more than 15 years of successfully managing companies in scale. He founded Unium in 2017 because of the demand in the market for a robust cloud app that can handle advanced B2B customer subscriptions and manage the financials behind them. And that's what Unium does. It streamlines subscription management, invoicing, billing, financial reporting, data insights. It enables growing businesses to have full control of their subscriptions and more easily implement scalable processes harnessing more accurate metrics. Super cool stuff what they're doing. Nicholas, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. What an introduction. Uh, <laughs> sounds like we're going to talk a lot about <laughs> interesting things for the sauce community. Oh, definitely interesting. Definitely important stuff. Before we get into all that, though, I want to know what's been going up with you lately and you know what's coming up for you in the, in the near future. Yeah, um, so I would say recently what has uh, really dominated my life has been relocating to the U.S. Um, as part of strengthening our uh, North American business. So uh, I got to Philadelphia around uh, Thanksgiving. So it's been a couple of months. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, welcome. You get humble getting to a new country and understanding, okay, so... You have a lot of things in place 
where you're born, where you're raised, you know, where your parents helped you and all that. And all of a sudden you have to sort of restructure everything. So it makes you really humble. <laughs> I, so be I, to that. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally know what you're talking about. So uh, my family and I, we lived in France this past summer. And we just decided, well, first of all, in Arizona, where I live normally, it's very hot in the summer. And so we're like, let's spend our summer somewhere else. And so we rented a house in France. And just regular stuff that you would think is basic, we were lost on. We went to the grocery store. And at the grocery store, you have to put a coin in to get a shopping cart. And you put the coin in. And so we went. We didn't know that because there's just a tiny little slot on the shopping cart. We went over to get the shopping cart out. And it wasn't coming out of the, the stack of shopping carts. We're like, what is going on? So we just walked in without a shopping cart. <laughs> we see all these people shopping carts. We're like, how did they get the shopping cart? And we eventually figured out you put a little coin in and then you get the shopping cart out. And at the end, when you return the cart, you get your little coin back. Yeah. Little tiny things like that are just small, different small things, yeah. enough that it makes it yeah. uncomfortable, right? Yeah, and I think you sort of... Uh, when all the small things are something you have to sort of explore and discover and figure out, you get really, really tired, right? Yeah. I've never slept yeah. so good <laughs> so quickly <laughs> in the evening, like in December. So, yeah, but I guess, as I said, like it makes you humble and, uh, you know, also perhaps good that you sort of have to rethink and rewire some things as well. It's also a chance to sort of think new. So that, that's... Um, yeah, that's been a major part. So now I sort of transitioning a bit from that and more into like, okay, what to do now, what to do mm -hmm. next. And, you know, um, um, yeah, just getting union going. Um, of course, having some fun with my family as well. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Uh, well, tell me, how did you come up with the idea for union? I want to hear about that story. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's actually two parts to that. Uh, I, I think one was the fact that I was very actively looking. So I'd been with uh, another uh, company for around like 11 years, 12 years, something like that. And I, it was sort of a trainee program, I felt like in the end, because I did a lot of different things. And I learned a lot. But at some point, I sort of, you know, I didn't learn as much. And I, I, I felt a bit like I was the grumpy old man who just said, oh, done that, try that, that doesn't work. And I felt like, oh, I really don't want to be this person. So, mm -hmm. so um, figure that oh, I better start something. But then you need an idea, right? So, so I think I was quite, you know, actively looking for that. And it took me quite some time as well. Um, but then at the same company, actually, I was, because we we transitioned from, you know, selling software back in the days, you know, like perpetual licenses and installations and all that. And so I've done the whole transformation into a cloud system uh, and, you know, selling on a subscription basis and all that. Uh, but we're quite late on actually taking care of subscription data. So I uh, did an implementation of uh, a system for that and just figured like, hey, this seems to be like, I mean, it's a very acute problem. It's definitely there. Um, but I, I didn't really feel comfortable that all like as a subscription businesses are born on the cloud are born with the subscription are born, you know, like perfect. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and, and I felt that was when I looked around for the existing systems, that was sort of the feeling I got like, okay, this is if you are 
perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought like, I've never seen perfect, you know, it's anything but Definitely perfect. Not. So, you know, you have all the legacy, you have all the variations and all of that. So, so I just figured like, hmm, maybe, you know, maybe this is what I've been looking for. And, and it also felt like, you know, a domain that I understood fairly well. Um, so, um, yeah, that was sort of like, okay, those two things got together and it felt like, okay, I don't have to do a lot of research. Uh, quite well knew what I wanted, what, what I saw in front of me. Um, so I, I contacted, um, a few former colleagues and, um, we got together and talked about it and, uh, basically decided to get going, I think. Uh, maybe I'm missing out on a few details here, but uh, that's uh, like how I remember it, um, that it was like quite a long period sort of looking for an idea, but then quite quick at sort of executing once the idea was there. What What were some of those things that, you know, businesses, you said they weren't so perfect on their on their subscriptions, on their billing. What were some of those things that made you say, whoa, these, these have got to be fixed. There's got to be a better way. Um, but, you know, it, it was like um, you go to a website and you see all the perfect price plans, right, for uh, software and SaaS services. Uh, and it looks really neat and great. But, but in reality, you had also the previous 100 iterations of those plans that were, you know, both good and bad. And Mm. probably there's a reason why you had previous hundred iterations and now you have the 101st, right? Because they weren't good enough. So you, so you have all these variations and sort of take care of that, I think was one thing. Um, also like very good at sort of, you know, uh, if everything goes right. Uh, but what happens if something goes wrong? Like you don't deliver like you should to the customer and they... Mm should get something in return. How do you deal with that? And, and mm. sort of not only the, 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 the straightforward case, but also how to deal with, as I saw it, reality, with, which wasn't that perfect. Um, also like um, just a lot of details. Maybe, you know, you have your own software, you have your own IPR, but maybe you're also reselling something, how to deal mm. with that. Uh, maybe it's not only, you know, a click on a button and everything's working, right? Maybe you need some professional service to this, how to work with that. And, you know, it was like a, a bit exaggerated, but it felt a bit like go to website, click on a button, you know, enter your credit card, get going. And I mean, that's so, so true and so perfect especially like around the B2C and perhaps B2 mm-hmm. small B, but if you get into like more advanced B2B, that's not how it is. For sure. <laughs> Terms are being negotiated, things change, you, you know, uh, contracts can be quite complicated. Um, so around sure. those themes, um, and like payments uh, is like, uh, yeah, PayPal, it could be great, but, but, but I, at least in my perspective, where I was then, I, I wasn't used to like companies using PayPal, you know, like, but perhaps they Not actually many do, print out say. an invoice. So how do yeah. we do that? Uh, you know, so a lot of things like that. Uh, so that was, um, yeah, very hands-on 
Okay. I love it. I love Why? it. Uh, what, so uh, a lot of times I see early stage companies and even later stage companies struggling with their metrics. So something like Unium or even other subscription tools, is it, is it easier for business leaders to be able to get their metrics and understand what those metrics mean using a tool like that? Uh, I, I mean, I would say like, you know, if you put, you know, shit in, shit out or whatever mm -hmm. the saying is, is of course yep. true. But I mean, I think you, I, I would say you need some sort of system because this gets pretty complicated quite fast. And, and I think like just having the correct data is what many are suffering from. I, I, I have the story when I met an investor back in 2017 and he told me like, well, you know, when I meet companies for the first time and they talk about their ARR or their MRR or something, I always think that you have no idea what it is. And I felt like that's a really bad start of a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. The trust is not there, but, but I, I could also see to some extent why he was saying that because, you know, if you just do it on a spreadsheet, I mean, you don't really have that audit trail. I mean, it's easy to get things wrong. You know, there, there are things around that. Um, and and um, so, so, so I definitely think like having a subscription to is important to, to get those data right and consistent over time. Yeah, yeah, right? I would agree. And, 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 you know, it's like, there are so many, I mean, like subscription data. I mean, one is of course, just getting sort of the data in like the data entry, data collection. Right. So, so, I mean, that could be quite a lot of things that could be, you know, like what's the service period, what's the quantity, what's the pricing, not only for the, you know, what the client asks for now, but what are the tiers going forward? So there could be a lot of, could be like the billing frequencies, right? It could be how to recognize the revenue, how to deal with taxes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of data just doing that. Um, but then also the time aspect, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you have a customer for 10 years, it's very unlikely that it will stay static over the 10 years. You probably, either you're very, very successful in taking <laughs> a very big market, or you're doing something wrong, right? You should probably evolve your pricing over time. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's like scaling, like the data is sort of going in two dimensions. It's the time and sort of scaling in customers and just a lot of data. So I, I really think you need to have that in, in order because uh, otherwise you will never trust your metrics. Mm. And I think it's putting a, more or less an unfair burden or your finance department or you know that poor controller sitting somewhere with that one spreadsheet that better be right and better never you know have anything any errors in it or anything so yeah mm -hmm. makes sense it, so with your own product unium i know you've you've done a lot of work to get it to where it is now what were some of the best moves that you made along the way that really helped your growth nicholas yeah um I think we did a few things. I, uh, one thing, you know, was around the ideal customer profile. I, I don't know if we talked about it that way, but, but we were really quick on narrowing down our target market. So, I mean, 
you know, we could potentially, you know, in the long run, serve any as a service kind of business, right? But we have chosen not to do that right now. So we are super, super focused on B2B and not only like any B2B, but really advanced B2B, like when you have multiple uh, line items or, you know, you have negotiated mm. terms or, you know, third party uh, software that you're reselling, you know, things that makes it a bit more complex. So we're doing that. Um, so, so that really narrows down the target market a lot. Right, mm -hmm. you know, to the extent where it feels like maybe this is not good, maybe this is too small, maybe sure. you know, is this really viable? How are we gonna, you know, get funding for this? You know, so so, um, but I think that has been a really good thing because we know, you know, we have like six or seven criteria, and so we know that if they are all checked, this will be good. You know, we will, you know, we will have a happy customer they will be successful they will stay for a long time they you know it will be great whereas you know if it's like three out of six or four out of six or even you know five out of six you know it could go all right it could but there's always that risk of you know mm -hmm. something not being perfect so so i i really like it and it has also i think helped how we develop our service and you know where we do our investments you know and where we don't right uh I, like everything we do, I think, is of benefit to all our customers because they are very similar. Mm. I that really like sense. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I totally agree with that. And it's something that I train my clients on: is make sure you nail your ICP, your ideal customer profile, early, because you're right. Even if one or two of the the factors that you look at for that aren't right, that could cause the entire relationship to sour. It could mean that they're not going to get the best value out of the system that they probably should be getting. And if that's the case, then they go off and tell others that it's not a good system when in yeah. fact they just weren't right for it. And so it's super important to nail that. I'm glad you guys did that. Uh, and probably you spend too much time in sales, right? Probably you didn't get the price you should have gotten. Because mm -hmm. you know everything wasn't perfect, you know, so it like starts already there, and then it just sort of deteriorates. I think so. So I think sure. you spend too much time um, on the wrong clients. In that I sense. would agree. So, yeah. So that was one thing. Uh, I think like another was you know like when it came to developing our service, uh, mm -hmm. we were uh, very uh, focused on uh, speed. Uh, and and you know getting out and talk to people really fast so so we really tried to build for you know the the customer that we were expecting to have like in one year not you know in utopia in 10 years where we would mm -hmm. you know have all companies but but really stay sober in that sense and and you know build for what was reasonable right now i think otherwise we could easily have spent like another year to just you know getting that first version up and running um, um and also i think direct sales was good for us hmm. uh, i think actually like when i started to think about this uh, you know i really wanted that whole like product-led growth and you know everything just works by itself so you know it's fantastic that's the dream but, it's uh, uh, not yeah, exactly. always achievable <laughs> No, and, and you know, it's like, and I also felt like it's going to feel like a, a complete guessing game if we try out, if we try that from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. 
because we won't have any direct feedback. So, so I think we, we spend a lot of like doing a lot of classic, you know, sales the way you shouldn't do in the modern mm-hmm. world, uh, but just calling, talking, asking. Uh, I think we learned a lot doing that as yeah. well. And then, and then sort of mixing it up as we go. But um, I think that was really good as well. So a few things. Good, good. I love that. And now you've moved to the U.S. You relocated from Sweden, and you you have a focus to make sure that the the U.S. market grows. I think that's really important. And I want to kind of understand some of your thinking behind it. But a lot of my clients in Europe say that they want to be able to penetrate the U.S. market. Obviously, the U.S. is fifty percent of the world's software buying power in B two B, and so yeah. it's really important to to do that. How have you found, I mean, obviously you're still very early there, but what caused you to make that decision and how has it gone so far? Uh, I, I would like to say that we're still quite early on, so I shouldn't draw too many conclusions. But, but I think like the reasoning is that, I mean, we talked about the very narrow ICP, right? So in order to still have like, you know, plan for growth the way we wanted and, and how to do that was done by geographic expansion. So it was sort of in the cards from more or less the get go. Um, so, so it's been something that we've, you know, targeted. Um, um, so, so, so that was one thing, but I also think that, you know, um, uh, one component with, which maybe is not that rational but i think you know like competing with you know the best mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also something that will i think you will learn from and will make you stronger uh, mm-hmm. and i think we'll get more of that um and i also think like there are a lot of companies you you, you were also into that but i think that have business and interest in both europe and us right and i think we do a fairly critical solution for these kind of companies. And I think for us to have, you know, people on the ground on in both the US and in Europe makes a whole lot of sense. I, I think agree. it will also give us access to um, yeah, that yeah. segment of clients as well. Um, so those were a few things. That, and, and also, I mean, I, I, I guess you, you see that as well, but Sometimes we talk so much about the differences between, you know, cultures, countries, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like in, in, in the SaaS community, I think the simil- similarities are so, so much bigger than the differences. Like if I'm talking to someone running a SaaS business in Bulgaria or in Sweden or in the US, I mean, they pretty much listen to the same podcasts. They, you know, they read the same books. They, you know, influenced by more or less the same things. They use mm-hmm. more or less the same systems. So, so I think, you know, uh, I think it make a whole lot of sense um, for that reason. Yeah, you know, for those reasons. That makes sense. As we wrap up here, what advice would you have for other software founders who are just getting started and want to achieve some success like you've done? Um, I think, um, I mean, try the idea early on people you trust. <laughs> um, and, and, and I, I, I've gone with this, like if everyone likes the idea, don't do it. 
<laughs> if everyone doesn't like the idea, don't do it. But if you sort of find a good balance there that some doubt it and some think it's good, that's where I think, you know, there is something. Because if everyone likes it, probably everyone's doing it. That's mm. my reasoning in that sense. Okay. Um, and, and just iterate the idea, you know, and, and, and I don't think you have to produce a lot before iterating the idea. I think that is a very uh, nice part of the journey, right? Because you have no uh, restrictions. You can just mm -hmm. iterate on the idea. So take the time for that. But, but also uh, just think about if you're ready. Because it's probably going to be a longer journey than you initially thought, right? So that could be yourself, but it could also be like your family or, you know, do you really want to do it and for how long and, you know, what is, uh, what are you ready for? So I think those are um, quite important. Um, um, and, uh, and also, I think. Uh, you know, we were talking a bit like this before, like everyone wants the product-led growth. Everyone wants, you know, not everyone will be there, but there will be a lot of great companies anyways. So don't mm -hmm. get sort of tricked into doing everything that you read <laughs> about how things should be, but really do what makes sense. Uh, and, you know, if you can get some feedback from, customers or potential customers or friends. I think that's what should guide you. Yeah. I love it. Super great advice. I hope everybody takes that to heart. Nicholas, this has been awesome. How can everybody learn more about you and Unium? Yeah. Uh, Unium, I, I mean, we've got our website, unium.com. Um, we typically attend uh, a lot of the SaaS community events around Europe and the US. Um, we are quite active on LinkedIn as well. So please follow us there and see what's happening. Um, me personally, I think LinkedIn is where I'm most easily accessible as well. So, you know, uh, if there's anything, uh, reach out to me there. Okay, perfect. Yeah. We'll put all that in the show notes as well as in the description if you're watching on YouTube. But Nicholas, this has been awesome. Thank you very much for coming in and sharing all your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And everybody else out there, thank you for being here. Again, make sure you're subscribed to the show. Hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the little bell as well. That way you'll be notified of any new shows that come up. You don't want to miss out on any of the awesome innovators and leaders like Nicholas coming up. So definitely do that. Also, we're looking for reviews. If you think this is helpful, if you think we're giving you good stuff, please review us. That helps us out. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallick.com.